the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseya Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of the Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. A very blessed morning to you, wherever you may be at this time, in your hall, in your homes, in your bedrooms, wherever you are. It's, it's a joy to come your way, fellowship with you through this medium ordained by God. And to be a blessing to you via the word of God. It's always a joy and a privilege that we don't take for granted. Giving us opportunity to come to your homes, your offices, wherever you may be watching us at this time. God's word has no distance. Likewise, prayer. At any point in time at all, once faith comes alive, God's word is able to penetrate and bless our lives. The Bible says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being missed with faith. In them that had it. So I pray that this morning's broadcast, you will let your faith come alive. Let faith be stimulated in your heart so you can be blessed by God's word this morning. Shall we please bow down our heads even as we pray? Spirit of God, we thank you. We bless you for your mercy and your love. Thank you for your goodness unto us. All our lives you've been faithful. Thank you. What a faithful God you are. All through this week, you have kept us, you protected us, you preserved us. Thank you for an opportunity granted us to share fellowship on this platform through your word. We pray in the Lord, your spirit will rest upon your word and it bring understanding and illumination to every hearer. Let no one tune into, tune into this broadcast at this time or watch it thereafter ever remain the same. Be glorified even as your word goes forward with power, understanding and revelation in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Kingdom added. For those of you who are familiar with our greeting, God is first in our lives and kingdom added, supernatural addition is our birthright. It shall be your birthright now and always in Jesus' precious name. If you believe it, go ahead and type in the comment box a big amen. Once again, you welcome to this broadcast. We continue our teaching series on growing into maturity. Growing into maturity. And our text, which we began studying from last week, is Luke chapter 2, verse 40 to 50. If you have your Bible with you, you can either turn to or click to. Those of you who are using tablet and phones. Luke chapter 2, verse 40 to 50. The Bible said, And the child grew and became strong in spirit. That's what spiritual maturity is all about. It's about growing in grace. It's about growing and becoming strong in your spiritual walk with God. You remember, in the book of Ephesians, the Bible said, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So when we talk about spiritual growth into maturity, we are talking about growing to become strong spiritually. The Bible said, filled with wisdom. Spiritual growth also involves spiritual understanding and insight and wisdom. Many people are full of wisdom from other things, but they lack the wisdom that comes 
from the word of God. The Bible said, and from thy child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. There's a special, unique wisdom God's word brings to our lives. And this morning, as your heart is open, I see that wisdom become yours this morning. In Jesus' precious name. The Bible said, he became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. May the grace of God come upon you afresh. Even as you grow from grace to grace and from glory to glory. Verse 41. So, in verse 40, we are told how Jesus grew. But from verse 41 to 50, we see what he did to grow. Particularly between 45 to 47. We'll be reading to 47. Let's go. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. Why did he linger behind? Very soon we will find it. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. So, by supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, verse 45 says, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening and asking them questions. Both listening and asking them questions. Please take note. Verse 46. So now, so it was after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening and asking them questions. And all who heard him, were astonished at his understanding and answers. Amazing. Jesus grew. And the reason why he grew, we are told in this scripture, that after three days, after attending the feast in Jerusalem, on the, on the, on, instead of joining his parents, the Bible said he got stuck in the temple. Jesus stayed in the temple. What was he doing? Feeding on the word of God. Taking in the sincere milk of the word. Taking in the meat of the word taking in the honey of the word, taking in the bread of the word. Last week, that's what we saw. We realized that God's word is food. God's word is food. And Jesus grew because he fed spiritually. If you are going to grow spiritually, we must open up ourselves for spiritual food. Last week, we said in Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16, he said, your words were found. Your words were found and I did eat them. So when we find the word of God, we must feed on it. Feeding on the word of God grows as matures as spiritually. Job said in Job 23 verse 12, he said, Neither have I gone back from your commandment. I esteem the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. And Jesus added on man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds from the mouth of God. We established last week that God's word is food. And as food, it grows us in a number of ways. Number one, God's word grows us by revealing our identity to us. Once we know who we are, we are better able to live the lives we ought to live. Number two, we said God's word also transforms us or grows us by changing our mentality. And then of course, number three, we said by building us up spiritually. Number four, we said God's word grows us by deepening our convictions. Conviction is a, is a foundation of character. Without conviction, character is not in place. And spiritual growth and maturity has to do with being given up our old nature and taking on our new nature. 
which is the very nature of Christ himself. This morning, we want to continue in part 2a. And in part 2a, we're going to be focusing on how Jesus fed two platforms through which Jesus used in feeding to grow spiritually. So we are looking at I must feed to grow, part two. This one specifically is part 2a. I must feed to grow. I must feed to grow. Now, when you look at Jesus, in the text where we read, you realize that Jesus fed on two streams. Number one, Luke chapter 2, verse 45 to 47. The Bible said he was found in the midst of the teachers and the doctors, asking and hearing, hearing and asking them questions. So Jesus was taught. He was taught spiritually. He was fed with the word of God. In, in, through the means of teaching. Jesus was taught, he was fed with the word of God by teachers and by doctors. That's how he grew. And then, of course, the second way Jesus grew is what we'll be considering. So we are looking at two levels of feeding essential for healthy spiritual growth and development. Two levels. The first one is pastoral feeding. Pastoral feeding. And the second one is personal feeding. First one is pastoral feeding. The second one is personal feeding. Today we want to focus on pastoral feeding. Now when you look at it, let's look at Jesus. What Jesus was doing in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers and doctors. Luke 2, 48 to 47. Verse 46 please. He was found in the temple. He came to pass after three days. found him in the temple. Sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing and asking them questions. Jesus was found, the New King James says, found in the midst of the teachers, hearing and asking them questions. Hearing and asking them questions. Hearing and asking them questions. Understand me, please, that for you to grow spiritually, you need to be fed. Healthy spiritual growth and maturity begins with pastoral growth. There is no child I have seen who is born and the child gets to the kitchen and begins to put some uh, some food items together, food nutrients combined, maybe egg and uh, some tomatoes, and then the child, a, a day old child or a three month old child goes to the kitchen and is trying to prepare something. It doesn't happen like that. Spiritual growth into maturity begins when pastoral feeding. Every child begins to feed from their parent. That's where it starts from. Look at what the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter three, verse fifteen. I will give you pastors after my heart, according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. That's where it starts from. So when you get born again, you are born into the family of God. And in the family of God, God has appointed a pastor for you who feeds you with the word of God so you can be filled with knowledge and understanding to the intent that you will grow. And that's what happens. Look at Jeremiah 23 verse 3 to 4. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries where I've driven them. And I will bring them to their fold. Take note of the word fold because we will make use of that word again. Fold. He was talking about sheep fold. I will bring them to their fold. And they shall be fruitful and increase. Look at that. How are they going to be fruitful and increasing? He says, I will set shepherds over them who will feed them. I will set shepherds over them who will feed them. So once you get born again, you need to identify who your shepherd is, and then go ahead and feed at his feet. 
It's critical. Without this, you cannot grow the way you ought to grow as a child of God. So that's the first level Jesus grew. Jesus grew because he, he enjoyed the meal from his pastors. And that's what we'll be focusing on. Next week, God willing, we'll be looking at personal feeding. But today, our focus is on pastoral feeding. Now, when you look at the book of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 11 to 14, you realize that Jesus, when he had ascended or high, the Bible said he gave gift unto men. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 14. When he had ascended, he gave gift unto men. He gave some prophets, some teachers, some pastors for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. One of the reasons why Jesus gave the fivefold ministry to the church is so that they will mature the church and bring believers up to a point of full maturity to the fullness and the stature of Christ, like we are told in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. That we be not, we be no more children. Verse 14 says, That we be no more children, tossed and to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So that is one of the reasons why God gave us a fivefold ministry. And when you come to the fivefold ministry, the prophets, the apostles, the teacher, the evangelist, and the pastor are two offices that are essential and critical for the growing of the saints, for maturing of the saints specifically. If you are going to grow spiritually, into maturity, if you are going to grow to become a full-grown adult spiritually, then you need to be exposed to the ministry of a pastor and you need the ministry of a teacher. Thank God for prophets. Thank God for evangelists who would reach us, preach to us and get us saved. Thank God for prophets who God can use at diverse times to confirm his word in our hearts. Thank God for apostles who laid the foundation for the church to be built. But after all of this is done, you need the ministry of a teacher. You need the ministry of a pastor who will feed you to grow. Without these ministries, without opening up and receiving these ministries wholeheartedly and gladly, you cannot grow effectively as a child of God. So it's important. In the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 3, we are told who your shepherd is. We are talking about pastoral feeding. You need to know who your shepherd is. Your pastor or your shepherd, among other things, is your teaching priest. When I talk about your pastor, I'm talking about your teaching priest. Your teaching priest is your pastor. Second Chronicles 15 verse 3 to 5. For a long time Israel was without the true God. Take note. For a long time Israel was without a true God. It's risky to be without God. And then he says, without a teaching priest and without law. Uh, any group of people who find themselves in these three states, one without God, two without a teaching priest, and without the Lord, they are in a catastrophic state. And so when you go on, we are told, but when they were in trouble, they turned to the Lord, God of Israel, and sought him, and he was found by them. And in those days, verse 3, in those times, there was no peace to him that went out, nor to the one who came in, but great turmoil on all the inhabitants of the land. Why was there great turmoil on all the inhabitants of the land? Because there was no teaching priest. There was no law. There was no true God. And there was no teaching priest. You see, when you are not exposed to the ministry of a teacher and the ministry of a pastor, your life will be going on merry-go-round in the negative. You cannot advance. You cannot become the kind of person God wants you to be. That's why you need a pastor and you need a shepherd 
Thank God for this platform. By this platform God has given us, we are able to access many men of God. But you need a pastor. You need someone you can call, that's my pastor. I was told by a friend that now people have their Facebook pastor and they have their actual pastor. Listen, you need a pastor whom you can call your shepherd. And as we go along, you'll come to know that your pastor is not somebody who necessarily teaches you the word of God. So like I'm coming to you, if you're not a member of our church family, I'm feeding you with the word of God. But this does not translate. It does not automatically make me your pastor. And you need to understand that. God has a plan for you to grow and become a full-grown adult spiritually. But for that to happen, he puts you in the hands of his shepherd or your pastor. So your pastor, number one, is your teaching priest. Malachi 2 verse 7. He says, For the lips of a priest will keep knowledge and they should seek the law out of his lips. Then again, your shepherd is your Holy Ghost appointed overseer. God has appointed an overseer and we call him a watchman over your soul. According to the book of Acts chapter 20 verse 28, he said, Take care. The Amplified Version said, Take care and be on guard for yourselves. And the whole flock over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you bishops and guardians to shepherd, tend and feed and guard the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he obtained for himself by buying it and saving it for himself with his own blood. The King James says, take it therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. So your pastor is an overseer. Do you have an overseer over your life? Or you are just the one who is overseeing your spiritual life? There are people who believe that they don't need to be submitted to a man of God. They can just freely live their lives and become all that God will have them become. Listen, that is a lie from the pit of hell. You need to be established in a church, a Bible-believing church, under the leadership of a teaching minister, a pastor, a shepherd, who will feed you with the word of God and take care of your spiritual growth. Have you by any way ever met a child who says, I'm born, but I don't belong to any family? It's not possible. In the natural, every human being belongs to a home. He belongs to a family. May I ask you this morning, where is your spiritual home? The lockdown is over. Find a spiritual home and be established there. Find a spiritual home. Find a spiritual home. Not necessarily the church that is close to you. Not necessarily the church you were born into. But the church that can feed you with knowledge and understanding. So you can grow and become the kind of person God wants you to become. And I want to share with you in this service five practical ways to grow through the feeding ministry of your pastor or shepherd. God has ordained your pastor as one of your important agents for spiritual growth. Now, how are you going to grow through the feeding ministry of your shepherd? Number one, you must discover your God-appointed sheepfold and abide there. Discover your God-appointed sheepfold and abide there. There is a place God has appointed for you. There is a place God has appointed for you. In the book of 2 Samuel 7 verse 10, he said, moreover, I will appoint a place for my people and I will plant them there that they may dwell in a place of their own, that they may dwell in a place of and move no more. Neither shall the children of weakness afflict them any more as before time. I will plant them and they will move no more. Take note, I will plant them and will move no more. This is the time where you need to, if you are not committed to any Bible-believing church, you are not committed to a place where you are taught the word of God, precept upon precept, that is helping you to grow spiritually. This is a good time to prayerfully consider it and find a place 
that you can call your spiritual home. And once you find such a place where the word of God is taught well, where the pastor's life typifies or exemplifies what he teaches, once you find such a place, abide there. The Bible said they will move no more. They will move no more. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 14 to 16. He says, Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 14 to 16. Return, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you. I will take you one from a city and two for, from a family. And I will bring you to Zion. Take note. I will bring you to Zion and I will give you shepherds according to my heart, which will feed you with knowledge and understanding. I will bring you to Zion and I will give you shepherds which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And when you are fed, you are well fed with knowledge and understanding. Something happens, verse 16. Then it shall come to pass when you are multiplied and increased. I see you increasing. Receive grace to experience continuous increases. Some of us have become stagnated in our spiritual lives because we are in a place where we are not taught properly. We are in a place where we go and they sing songs to us, they prophesy over our heads, and they don't teach us the word of God, how to know God for ourselves, how to study the word of God for ourselves. Prayerfully consider it. And if you need to uh, make a shift, make a shift is about your spiritual destiny. It's something that you must not take for granted at all. No church is perfect, but a church that will help you grow must be a church that is committed to teaching you precept upon precept, line upon line, the solid word of God, the sincere word of God, the unadulterated word of God that has capacity to grow and mature you. That's the first place. So you need to be planted in a place. The Bible says in the book of Psalms 92 verse 12 to 13, he said, those that are planted, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. He said, those that are planted in the house of God, they shall flourish in the court of our God. I see you living a flourishing life. As you get planted, I see you living a flourishing life. That's number one. Number two, you must embrace your God-appointed shepherd. Number one, I said there's an appointed place for you. So discover that place. That place may not necessarily be the church you were born into or baptized into or confirmed into. That may not necessarily be the place. Because some of us were born into churches and we were just, we were just born into it. But as we are growing and beginning to see the need for our spiritual growth and development, we are beginning to be exposed. We are becoming exposed to ministries that are critical and essential for our growth and spiritual development. And this is a, an important decision. It's as important as a pet deciding on who to marry. Because the kind of church you attend, if they don't feed you well, you may not necessarily make heaven. And that's why you must not joke with it. It's a life and death matter. Eternal destiny matter. So, find that place. Prayerfully consider it. Find that place. And then number two, embrace your God-appointed shepherd. Listen, in your God-appointed place is your God-appointed shepherd. God has not only appointed you a place of fellowship, but he has also given you a place, a shepherd over that place. So, when you go, connect with that shepherd. Hear me? It's very dangerous to be a sheep without a shepherd. And don't forget, according to the book of Psalm 100, Psalm 100, we are told, verse Psalm 103, it says, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. God knows that it's risky to be a sheep without a shepherd. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, he said, and when he saw them, he had compassion on them because they were scattered as sheep without a shepherd. When you are a sheep without a shepherd, you run a very serious risk. 
Any wolf at all can cut prey on you, take you, and consume you. And a lot of people are praying on us, praying on our intelligence, praying on our finances, praying on our marriages, because we have no shepherd who can help you to become rooted and grounded and be able to discern force from truth. This is critical. God has appointed you a shepherd. And what you need to do is to embrace him, embrace him, embrace him. You must receive your shepherd. Some of us are appointed, but we are not connected with our shepherd. We are in our appointed place, but we have not connected to the shepherd. You must connect to the heart of your shepherd. Look at what the Bible says, Jeremiah 3 verse 15. He says, and I will give you shepherds after my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So I will give you, you must accept. I will give you. Ephesians says, when he ascended, he gave gift unto men. A gift that you have not received cannot bless your life. You have to accept it. And if you are in faith house, by the grace of God, I am your chief shepherd. You must learn to accept and embrace me as your pastor and your shepherd. It's critical. He says, he that receives a prophet in the name of prophet shall receive a prophet reward. He that receives a pastor in the name of pastor receives a pastor's reward. He that receives a teacher in the name of teacher receives a teacher's reward. You must learn to embrace your shepherd wholeheartedly. In faith house, our church is a one shepherd, one fold church. According to John chapter 10 verse 11 to 16. John chapter 10 verse 11 to 16. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling who is not the shepherd, who does not own the sheep, see the wolf come in and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, verse 14. And I know my sheep and I'm known by them. As the father knows me, even so I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And look at verse 16. That is how we operate as a church. We operate one shepherd, one fold church. Look, he says, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must break and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So faith house, though we are a church in many places, we have a branch in Accra, we have a couple of branches in Kumasi, we operate as one flock, one shepherd. By the grace of God, I happen to be the chief shepherd of this commission and I have several under shepherds working under me. We all feed from the same template Sunday after Sunday. What I teach in my local assembly where I pastor is the same thing my pastors teach across. We are one shepherd, one flock. That's who we are. So the first thing is to embrace your shepherd. The first thing is discover your appointed place too. Embrace your God-appointed shepherd in your appointed place. Number three, know and follow his voice from the scriptures on all matters. No, no, no. If you are going to grow through the ministry of your shepherd, you need to know your shepherd's voice. Look at what John chapter 10 verse 3 says. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of a stranger. Look at verse 26 and 27 with me, the same text. But you do not believe me because you are not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Once you become a sheep, you must follow the voice of your shepherd. And I'm talking about the voice of your shepherd as it relates to all matters coming from scripture. 
You must know the voice of your shepherd. You need to know the voice of your shepherd. Or marriage. When it comes to marriage, where is your shepherd's position? Does he believe that you can have multiple wives? Does he believe that you can divorce for any reason? You need to know the voice of your shepherd. You need to know the voice of your shepherd on forgiveness. I, in our church, I teach on advanced forgiveness. If I see someone in our church who has a difficulty forgiving people or harboring offenses against people or does not learn how to settle offenses properly, it's simply because that person has not learned my voice. The person is ignorant about my voice on the matter of forgiveness. Our church believes in first fruit. Do you know your, the shepherd's voice on various matters? Every year, we honor God with our first salary. It's a custom. It's a culture. It's a practice in our church. That is the voice of your shepherd. You need to know it on matters as it relates to scripture. You need to know your shepherd's voice. You need to know your shepherd's voice on giving. At church, we believe in tithing. We believe that a tenth of everything we belong, we owe, belongs to God, is the foundation of giving. 10% is just the foundation. That is not what we do as New Testament, but that's where we start from. It's like the kindergarten of giving. So we honor God with our tithes and with our offerings. That's the position of the shepherd, and it is biblical. So you must know your shepherd's voice and follow it. Follow it. Don't follow the voice of a Facebook teacher, a YouTube self-appointed pastor. Who does not know what he's talking about? Who has no connection to you physically at all? Because the shepherdship relationship is that there is contact between you and your shepherd. You need to know your shepherd's voice. How can you know your shepherd's voice? By hearing him consistently. Hearing him continuously. Hearing him continuously. Because it's by hearing him continuously that you come to know his voice on the various issues of life. Hearing him. Hearing him. And what a privilege it is to, for us in this commission. We have podcast platforms available. Hundreds of messages have been uploaded in the clouds. At the end of one point in time, you can tune in and on the go, you have the voice of your shepherd speaking to you on matters that matters most. Hearing consistently the voice of your shepherd builds your faith in your shepherd. The Bible said, believe in God, believe also in me. Hearing the voice of your shepherd again imparts you continuously, imparts you with the spirit of your shepherd. And when the spirit of your shepherd enters, you begin to live like him. I pray that the grace of God will come upon you, that you will not be distracted, you will not go after uh, strange voices, but you will learn to stick and stay with the voice of your shepherd in Jesus' precious name. Number four, believe and put the teachings of your shepherd to work. The Bible said, be you doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving your own selves. Put the teachings of your shepherd to work. It's of no use coming to church week after week, hearing the word of God week after week, but doing little or nothing with it. No, the word of God only profits those who put it to work. The Bible said in the book of James 1.22, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Verse 25, he said, Whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. May you be that man who is blessed in your deed, even as you put your shepherd's teachings and doctrines to work in your life. Listen to me. Your shepherd is not just your teacher. He is the one whose teachings you follow. Your shepherd is not just your teacher. As for teachers, the Bible said, likewise, we have many instructors, we have many teachers. 
Your shepherd is not just your teacher, but the one whose teachings you follow. If I happen to be your shepherd, do you follow my teachings? Or you have, that, you have uh, other opinions about it? You follow the teachings of your shepherd. The Bible said they will follow me. They will not follow the voice of a stranger. The most authentic proof of faith is obedience. When you truly believe, you practice. You cannot say you have faith. You believe what your shepherd is teaching, your pastor is teaching, and you don't practice it. You can't say you believe in first fruits. Why you don't practice it? You believe in tithing, you don't practice it. You believe in giving your time to serve God and you are in the church for how long now and you don't belong to any service unit. You are not committed to any small group in the church. That cannot happen. That's not someone who really is following the teachings and the leadership of his shepherd. And then number five, in closing, follow the exemplary life of your shepherd. Follow, follow. You see, God grows us. I like this. Your shepherd matures you by feeding you and modeling Christ-like character for you to follow. One way your shepherd matures you or brings you up into spiritual maturity is by feeding you. The second way is by modeling God-like or Christ-like character for you to follow. That's why you need to have contact with your shepherd. You need to know your shepherd. You, you say your shepherd is a Facebook preacher or a YouTube preacher. And you have never met him. Whether he has seven wives, you don't know. Whether he is living an adulterous life, you don't know. Whether he is into drugs, you don't know. You need to know your shepherd. He says, I know my sheep and I'm known by my sheep. Because you have to follow the example of your shepherd, the godly example of your shepherd. Look at what John chapter 10 verse 4 to 5 says as I get ready to close. And when he brings out his sheep, take note, John chapter 10, verse 4 to 5. When he brings out his sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Take note. He goes before them. Your shepherd must go before you. When it comes to marriage matters, your shepherd must go before you. When it comes to giving, your shepherd must go before you. By the grace of God, I am the most faithful and consistent giver in our church. I, I am. I know it. I have the records to prove it. Other people may do it, but I am obligated because I saw in the scriptures, Jesus began to do and to teach. So I said, anything I'm going to teach our congregation, I have to first do it. Have to do it before I can teach it. So things, there are a lot of things by the grace of God. I've come to learn from the word of God and I've gotten revelations about the Holy Ghost. But as long as I've not practiced them long enough, I don't teach them. That's my policy as a pastor. I don't teach them to our congregation until I've proven them over and over and over and over again. Why? Because your shepherd has a responsibility to go before you. When he's given, he goes before you. When he's so winning, he goes before you. When his marriage matters, he goes before you. When his holiness, he goes before you. I pray that you will follow your shepherd as he goes before you. Look at 1 Peter 5 verse 1 to 4. The elders who are among you are exalt. I am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you. You see it? So your shepherd is among you. Your shepherd. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you. Serving as overseers, but not by compulsion, but by willingly. Not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. I like this, verse 3. Not as lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. 
being examples to the flock, being examples to the, that's why you need to pray for your pastor, because your pastor is supposed to be your number one example of godliness and godly character. That's why sometimes when a pastor falls into moral failure, there's a challenge, and legitimately so, because God expects him, the church expects it, and then society expects that as a pastor, you'll be a model. And being a model does not mean you are perfect, but you are honest and you operate life with integrity. That is not easy in this world we live in, but the grace of God is ever abundant. And you need as a congregation, as a sheep also to pray for your pastor so that you'll be able to live the standard that you ought to follow. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I believe that when you are in the church, your pastor should be able to tell you, follow me as I follow Christ. If you are serving under a pastor that he cannot tell you that follow me as I follow Christ, something is fundamentally wrong. Your shepherd is not just someone who teaches you God's word. That's our close. Don't forget this. Your shepherd is not someone who just teaches you God's word. He's the one whose life and teaching is a model or a pattern you can follow without missing Christ. That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. Your shepherd is one whose teaching you follow but one whose teaching and life is a model and a pattern that when you follow, you will not miss Christ. When you follow your shepherd, you should be able to find Christ where he is. Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I pray that having embraced these five keys, you relate them appropriately to whichever local church you find yourself. And for those of you who are members of the church, this must be your posture towards the leadership and the ministry of your shepherd. If you must grow and become the kind of person God has ordained you to become. The Lord bless you for being part of our broadcast today. I have no doubt that this seed is bearing fruit into your life and bringing you into full maturity and to the fullness of the stature of Christ. The Lord bless you. Maybe you are tuning. You are here to discover your spiritual home or maybe you are not even born again to even talk about your spiritual family. This is an opportunity you have to give your life to Christ. Bow down your heads as you say this prayer from your heart. Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I admit I'm a sinner and I yield to your lordship. I confess with my mouth you are my Lord. I believe in my heart you died for me. Thank you for saving me. I believe in my heart that I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm bound for heaven. If you pray that prayer in faith, surely, surely you are saved. You are a child of God. Satan cannot condemn you again. You are now a candidate for heaven. What will help you grow, nurture your relationship and grow into maturity? Why don't you help us help you by sending us a mail, send us a WhatsApp of your contact details and then we can reach out to you and help you what to do in order to grow. If you also have testimonies to share of how our broadcast is blessing your life and changing you and making you a better person, this is a great time to join us. Send Pastor Afraqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afraqua, please call 0540-122-670 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afraqua on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. 7 a.m. first service, 
8.30 a.m. second service and 10 a.m. our third service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service at 6 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejekuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station Santa's Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you.